Hello, everyone, and welcome to a podcast brought to you by Catapult Solutions Group. I'm your host for today, Gabrielle, and right now I'm thrilled to be joined by Taylor Culbertson and Tony Williams, both who are incredible account executives at Catapult. And today we're going to be getting into the mind of sales. So here to enlighten us on this subject, as well as provide actionable industry insights, is Taylor and Tony. So to the both of you, welcome. Hi, Gabrielle. Hello. Thanks for having us. Of course. Well, to start off, let's kick this podcast into gear uh, by getting into the minds of sales. But before we dive into there, uh, Taylor and Tony, for those who are listening in for the first time uh, who might not be familiar with your names, let's just take a moment to tell the audience about your background uh, and just your role within Catapult Solutions Group. Uh, Let's go ahead and start with you, Taylor. Awesome. Um, Yeah, I'm Taylor Colbertson. I am an account executive here at Catapult Solutions Group. Um, I've been here for about three and a half years. Um, My main job is to bring in more business, true business development for Catapult. Um, And I focus mainly in the oil and gas or energy sector, as well as the municipal space. I'm Tony Williams. I've been in the industry now for about, um, wow, 10, 12 years. Started off uh, as a recruiter, uh, just transitioned into sales with Catapult. Been with Catapult now going on four years and um, start off once again as a recruiter, transition to sales probably toward the latter part of last year, early this year. And I focus right now on just whatever I can get my hands on from a BD business development standpoint. Fantastic. Uh, well, my first question for both of you is just in what ways do sales and recruiting actually go hand in hand? Yeah, I think um, the answer to that is you can't have one without the other. Um, the sales team cannot be successful without their recruiters and vice versa. The The recruiting cannot be successful without the sales. Um, You truly need both sides of the business um, to keep to keep the engine running. Um, Tony, I'm sure can elaborate on that a little more as well. Uh, That's very true. So uh, to her point, you know, you can't have one without the other in this industry, in this business. Um, We lean. So from a sales standpoint, we lean heavily on the recruiting team to not only find resources for um, for for the not only find resources for our clients, but also to, you know, help uncover different things going on within the market, uh, whether it be from leads, from, you know, if we have a resource that's working on a particular client, you know, what kind of projects they're working on, just things that they're hearing from individuals out in the market. Um, with me having a background uh, primarily in recruiting, same thing, right? So as a recruiter, you know, I wouldn't be around, I would not have had a recruiting opportunity, recruiting job, if we did not have business to feel from a sales standpoint. I can talk to candidates and um, individuals all, all day long, but if I talk to them about, but I don't have a job for them, then it's really, you know, no, makes no sense. So at the end of the day, yeah, you can't have one without the other. And there are a lot of different ways that we try to lean on each other for, you know, the overall business to be successful. Um, if you're a career career recruiter, then you definitely, hey, you know, you need to utilize your resources from a recruiting standpoint to make sure you're providing, you know, market intel from a, to, to your salesperson partnership, right? But if you're a salesperson, then as you're talking to clients and customers, you know, uncovering different opportunities, things of that that nature, it's always good for the recruiter and the salesperson to be kind of lock and step to where, okay, let's have these conversations about what's going on, not only for one particular client, but then also maybe for another client in that industry. So Taylor talks about, you know, oil and gas space. Well, one of our major clients, oil, um, oil, oil organization in which, you know, we can have a conversation about, hey, what else are we seeing within oil and gas, you know? And be able to use that as market intel for, you know, new business, for new oil and gas clients, but also for, you know, candidates that we may be talking about getting into the oil. 
Well, sales and recruiting, they can definitely go hand in hand, but they are uh, definitely two different processes. So we just want to kind of better understand uh, each of these processes. So if you could just take us through recruiting and sales individually and just in what ways uh, they actually align and support each other. Start on the sales side. Um, I think a common uh, misconception is that all sales is recruiting and all recruiting is sales, um, but it is two very different jobs. Um, so on the sales side, we're going out, we're finding the business, we're actively talking to clients, potential clients, um, you know, finding what the market on the business side is and not necessarily on the candidate side. Um, so we're, we're going in, getting that new business, um, qualifying the, the roles that or the needs, the projects um, that these clients need, and then bringing that back into the recruiting staff. Um, and, you know, from there, again, we're, we're using their market intel to take that back to our clients. Um, you know, how, how can we fill these roles and find the best talent that there is for this particular business? That is correct. Yes. And then from a recruiting side, um, it's really, it's really kind of the same, right? So if I'm talking to talent from, from a um, recruiting standpoint, then I'm going to lean on that talent about what they're doing now, what they like to do, you know, where they're coming from, where they're where, where they're coming from, where they like to go, um, because I can use that as intel, business intelligence for my sales team or sales professionals. That makes any sense. Sure. Well, what are some of the major obstacles that you've seen come up time and time again when it comes to uh, the communication specifically between these two processes? <laughs> oh, wonderful question. Um, and that's just it. Just it, it boils down to the communication, right? Unfortunately. Um, a lot of um, uh, just in life, right? So think about, you know, just your personal relationships, right? Sometimes there are communication barriers because one person may have a communication style different than the other. It's the same in, in, in this particular industry, right? As a recruiter, you know, if your communication style is, you know, not like your sales partner, then there can be challenges there, right? So it's always good to really figure out um, internally who you're working with and how their styles are and try to not mimic them, but, you know, kind of meet somewhere in the middle. Oh, it does. And Taylor, what's been your experience? Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest things is find who you work best with. Um, it kind of goes back to that personal relationship. There's people that you're naturally going to work better with um, and the communication styles are just going to match. Um, one thing I think in this business, it's very easy to get lost in your emails or your teams um, and everything being virtual. Um, and I like to do that face-to-face -face interaction. Um, and, and that also goes uh, with my clients as well. You know, I, I want to meet them. I want to meet them face to face. Um, you, that way you can really gauge what the other person is trying to com communicate in that sense. Um, but I think here internally, we also just try to be as transparent as possible from the front end. Um, we like everything to be qualified up front. Our recruiters know what we're trying to communicate from the very beginning. Um, and then that way they can communicate that to, to the candidate as well. We really try to paint the picture for our candidates so that as they're going into these interviews, they're meeting these hiring managers. Um, you know, that picture has already been painted. We've communicated what this role is, what the day-to-day -day is going to look like. Um, and everybody, you know, client, recruiters, candidates, we're all on the same page from the get-go. They're for sure two different experiences, uh, between in person and uh, online. Uh, and, you know, we're talking or starting to talk about interview processes here. And I want to talk about resumes in particular, because uh, no two resumes are ever the same. Uh, just what's your perspective on kind of reading between the lines of a resume? Uh, and just because if someone doesn't come in and they can't give you that, uh, that kind of overview of their experience, their personal experience, and you're just reading a resume point blank, just how and in what ways uh, 
should it be done kind of uh, reading through this and reading between the lines, so to speak? Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is not judging a book by its cover. Um, we always, you know, our job is to look at resumes every day. We've seen thousands and thousands and thousands, and each of them does tell a different story. Um, you really want to dig in on on tenure, I think is huge. Um, you know, why somebody left or, or why they were there so long, you know, it kind of creates the what's important factor from them. Um, and a lot of these resumes are created to just pull keywords. Um, so you'll see a lot of keywords, but maybe not project-based. Um, results or, or things that they've accomplished, um, you know, so, so really diving into what was your day-to-day, -day, what did you do with this role, who did you communicate with, what other teams did you work with, um, because those are all things that I think uh, a resume maybe doesn't always portray, um, and I think as you talk to these candidates, it's important to, to really dive into those aspects. For me, it's about experience, right, so when I say that, that means essentially uh, with me having a little bit more experience in the industry, when it comes to reading between the lines, well, like Taylor mentioned, um, tenure, right? So if I see a profile resume that has, you know, a person that's been at one job for, you know, two, three years versus another person who's been at uh, one job for 10 years. Well, one of my questions is, okay, why? Why Why does the tenure look like that? But then also go off of the fact that, you know, a person may be younger in their career where another person may be a little bit older in their career. But then also, you know, just having a certain level of experience um, doing this, it's like, well, I can look at a resume and kind of have, get, have, a, have a gauge of what this person has been doing. And I have certain other additional questions I may ask as opposed to someone, you know, from a recruiting standpoint or sales standpoint who has just been in the industry for about a year. I can ask additional questions based off of, you know, just having, like Taylor mentioned, looked at the thousands of resumes and just been doing it for a while, being able to know those different questions to ask. Because one thing I also think is that a lot of our candidates and consultants, they're not resume writers. Their job is to do their job. Most of them may not know how to write a resume. So also we go back to coaching and counseling and consulting them on, hey, this is what this particular client and or manager looks for. Um, flip side of that, you know, as a sales professional and talking to clients, some clients are not resume readers. Some clients will look at a resume and say, okay, I trusted, you know, we came to you looking for resources. You're going to be able to give us what we need. Um, they may do a quick glance over, kind of see some key things, key bullet points, uh, like Taylor mentioned, and say, okay, let's interview this individual. However, there's some clients that we talk to that are resume readers that, okay, if it's not on your resume, you didn't do it. So then we have to go back to a, a candidate, a client, a consultant, and let them know, hey, these different things need to be added because this is what this particular client um, and or manager likes. Yeah, and I think that could also um, differ from what a recruiter sees versus what a salesperson sees here in the industry. The recruiters are looking for those keywords. They're looking for very specific things um, that these candidates have done, whereas I think on the sales side, you know, we know what our clients are looking for. So we're looking, you know, for the for the tenure or, you know, how a resume is put together, you know, does it have personal information on it, just little things like that. So there's definitely two different sides on what the recruiting staff and what the sales staff looks for within resumes. And that kind of ties back into how a recruiter and salesperson work together. That then we collab, okay, well, this is what this manager likes to see. Okay, cool. Let me go back to my, you know, um, as a recruiter, let me go back to my consultant and let them know. And vice versa, right? Because um, it's a, we also realize things that sometimes managers may not know what they want to see or may not have that inkling, but then we may have a thing to where, okay, you know, this prime example of uh, ABC clients looking for is working on a particular project. Well, if Kenny tells me I worked on this project, but it doesn't really reflect on the resume, hey, add that. That way I can point that out to that particular hiring manager as well. 
Oh, that's so very true because I mean, sometimes you don't even know what you're looking for, what you want until uh, those are laid out for you. And uh, I mean, what you guys are describing is just a perfect collaboration between recruiting and sales. So it definitely gives that perfect overview. Uh, well, before we start wrapping up the conversation here, are there any uh, kind of last thoughts or bits of advice you want to leave our audience with? I would say the biggest thing um, is always just be yourself. Um, we, you know, we, like I said, we talk to thousands of candidates, um, see thousands of resumes, and really what's going to differentiate um, you is yourself and what you can bring to the table. Um, so I always just say stay transparent and be yourself. I would agree, um, but also keep an open mind and realize that not everyone um, thinks and feels like you do. Um, the biggest thing for me is that, hey, at the end of the day, you know, once again, I go back to, you know, just a life, a lot, your, your, your day-to-day life. You know I mean? You're not going to always mesh with everyone. And that works the same, you know, in the job industry, you know, you may find what you think is this perfect job, but you may, may not fit the team or you never may not fit the environment. Um, never be afraid to, you know, really, truly, um, like Taylor mentioned, be yourself, but also don't be afraid to ask for what you want and or need. I um, mean, that's another challenge in today's industry. Um, you have a lot of, you'll see a lot of um, going back and forth between, you know, hiring managers, recruiters, salespeople about, you know, what the other person is doing wrong, but there's never really a true form of communication. You know, if we have open and honest and dialogue communication to where, okay, this is exactly what I need. These are my expectations. And that's coming from the other side. Then we can go further from there as opposed to, you know, me giving you just kind of an overview of what I kind of might, might like to have. And then I give you, you receive that overview. Then all of a sudden it's like, well, I also need this. Why did you tell me on the front end? You know, so just open and honest communication, like Taylor mentioned, being as transparent and upfront as possible can save a lot of. Yeah, saves a lot of time. It does not hurt at all. Uh, well, so be upfront, uh, ask questions, be yourself. And that will definitely tie into open and honest communication. Well, that wraps up the conversation for today. So thank you, Taylor and Tony, for joining us on today's podcast to get us just into the minds of sales. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Of course. And as always, if you'd like to learn more about Catapult Solutions Group, please visit catapultsg.com and look for this podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts at. I've been your host, Gabrielle. Thanks for tuning in.